Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show, a football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. So glad to be with you here for hour number two. It is uh, 8.02 on this Friday morning in the beautiful city of Tucson and uh, super exciting day. I'm going to be heading down to Tucson this afternoon to join the squad for the, uh, the, the, the Bear Down Friday event that's going on at uh, Main Gate Square. Looking forward to that. I invited Yogi Roth to come down. We'll see if Yogi shows up. I've invited Yogi to, to, to make an appearance at Main Gate Square for Bear Down Friday this afternoon. He's in town because he's there to, uh, to announce the game along with, along with, uh, uh, sorry, with Roxy Bernstein. I was looking at something here. Something just popped up on my screen. Uh, Roxy Bernstein and Yogi Roth going to be announcing the game Saturday night for, uh, for Pac-12 Networks. And uh, so both of those guys are in town and would love to see them down there. So if you're listening, fellas, be down there. I'm going to come down there. I'll buy you beer, and uh, we'll have some fun and talk a little football. So uh, you should get down there, too. Bear Down Friday, Main Gate Square. Starts at 3 o'clock. Pep rallies at 6. Spears and Ali doing their show live from down there, sweating their tails off for us because it is going to be a little warm out there, which is why you'll need to get an ice-cold refreshment from one of the many establishments down there at Main Gate Square. So let's jump right into this because NFL uh, kicked off the season last night. Really exciting game. And once again, it was Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski stealing the show, and in more ways than one. Obviously, the, you know, the, the, the hookups that they had, they had two connections on touchdown plays, Gronk with the Gronk spike, beating linebackers up the seam. It, like, there, are, there are three things that you can count on, right? Death, taxes, and Rob Gronkowski winning one-on-ones against linebackers up the seam. It doesn't matter how old he is, how injured he is, how hampered he is with knee braces and arm braces and casts and whatever else he's worn during his time in the NFL. You're going to get beat if you try to cover Rob Gronkowski with a linebacker. It does not matter what linebacker you have. doesn't matter. The Cowboys tried to cover him with Demarcus Lawrence last night. Why? In what world did you think that was going to work out for you in Dallas? Dan Quinn. Okay, we're going to have uh, uh, DeMarcus. You're going to cover Rob Gronkowski. Uh, excuse me, what? I'm going to do what? Yeah, you're going to cover uh, Rob Gronkowski. Okay, can we can we try again, Coach? Because that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> He's right. What in the world are you thinking? Why would you even try that? <laughs> Here's another thing that I took from last night's game. So, you're Mike McCarthy head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. You've got Dak Prescott as your quarterback. Sorry, I'm, uh, my, vo- my voice is fatigued after a week of screaming into a microphone two times a day. Uh, so it's going to squeak a little bit. Sorry, sound like Peter Brady. So you're Mike McCarthy. You've got Dak Prescott as your quarterback. Coming off a uh, season where he missed the final 15 weeks of the season because of a broken foot. He misses the entire offseason, rehabbing it, and he misses almost the entire preseason because he has a sore shoulder. You have Ezekiel Elliott in your backfield. You have one of the most experienced and best offensive lines in the NFC. What do you do? Run the ball 11 times total in the game. What? <laughs> wait, wait, timeout. 
Zeke Elliott had 11 carries in that game, had four in the first half, four. Dak Prescott had four designed runs in that game. He threw the ball 58 times. Why? I, I, I mean, look, it's one of those things like the outcome kind of, it, it, it kind of supports the scheme, right? The scheme for Kellen Moore and for Mike McCarthy was to apparently throw the ball all over the yard with your injured quarterback. And, look, I, I'm not taking – uh, you know, Dak Prescott down here. I'm, look, I, the guy impressed the hell out of me last night. I, mean, I haven't even gotten to that. But your scheme, knowing all of this, was to throw the football 58 times and just basically have the run game there as a sideshow. Eh, well, we might run the we might run the football. We might not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what kind of looks we get. I mean, they they didn't even attempt to establish the run. Not even attempted. Four runs in the first half. Four. Now, it looks great because Tampa had to kick a field goal at the end of the game to win. So it all looks great. It was a close game. Dallas covered the spread. They're feeling good about themselves today. No. No, no, no. There was a lot of mistakes made by Tom Brady. As good as as Tom was in that game, a lot of mistakes made by those teams. Uh, Tom threw four picks. or Not four picks. Two picks. Four touchdowns, two picks. um, And had another one dropped and another one brought back because of penalty. Tom Brady, 32 of 50, missed a lot of his targets, had some drop pass. Mike Evans dropping balls like yesterday. What Like, what's going on? Also, just a little side note here. <laughs> so, FanDuel sent me, like, a promo. This is, like, one of the cool things about FanDuel. They, they send you, like, these promos, like, you know, six hours before the game. They're like, hey, um, we're going to offer you this. We're going to offer you expanded odds on this specific bet. It was like a prop bet, okay? So it was Tom Brady throws for 300 yards and Mike Evans scores a touchdown. I'm like, sweet. I'll put five bucks on that. I don't care. Let's have some fun tonight. This sounds like a fun bet. They basically, like, doubled my odds from normal, like, normal, like normally what that prop bet was to what I was getting. I got double the odds. It was a little promo they ran. It was like, you have two hours to sign up for this. I was like, sweet. I'll throw five bucks down on that. Let's have some fun tonight. So I'm watching the game, and I'm like, Brady's got 230 yards passing in the first half. I'm like, yes, I am in like Flynn because I know Mike Evans is going to score a touchdown in this game. Drop, 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 drop. What the hell? That's why I don't bet because <laughs> I jinxed it. Brady had a huge game, of course, 379 yards, four touchdowns. Look, I'm not upset that they the touchdowns went to Gronk. Not upset at all. Very happy for the man. But the, uh, the Buccaneers – Edging out the Cowboys 31-29. I, I, I hope that Dallas fans today aren't, aren't like, yep, we got this thing figured out, man. We are, we are going to the Super Bowl. We are, we are Super Bowl bad. We're going to get our rematch, like Dak Prescott said to Brady after the, after the game last night. He says, I'll, I'll see you again. What, what, like, what's that line from, uh, from Gone in 60 Seconds? Remember where the cop who is, is assigned to the Memphis Reigns case, okay, he shows up at the garage and is, like, nosing around. He gets inside that El Dorado and starts, like, revving up the engine because they've got a, they got, they dropped heroin on the ground behind the car and they're trying to get the exhaust to, to blow the heroin out of there so they don't get busted. And he's having some fun. He's busting these guys' chops in there. And uh, he gets out of the car 
He gets right in Memphis, reigns his face, Nicholas Cage. He goes, I'll catch you later. Gives him that long stare, turns around and walks away like, I got you. I know where you're at. I know where you live. I know where you are. I'm coming to get you. I'll catch you later. That was like Dak Prescott walking off the field against Tom Brady last night. Tom was probably like, okay. All right, dude. Yeah, bring it. See all these weapons I got around me? I didn't even, I didn't even get the ball to Mike Evans. He dropped like four passes tonight. Antonio Brown's going to be a star in this offense. He's back. As long as he keeps his cool, he, he you know, obviously he's going to be fantastic. Chris Godwin was uh, a savior for Brady last night. And, and what, who can, what can't you say about Rob Gronkowski? Now they've hooked up 100 times in their career for touchdowns, Brady and Gronk, 100 touchdowns between them. It's insane. That's a tight end. <laughs> uh, you know, can't say enough about that. So my caution is to Cowboys fans thinking today that this is a wonderful moral victory for them, that they played the champs in their backyard to a two-point loss. Stop. Now, look, there are there are situations, and I look, I don't believe in moral victories, but there are situations where you can take things away from a game and you can say, we did this well, we did this well, we did this well. Was the game plan great? I don't think so. I think you needed to establish the run better than they did uh, in that game. But I will say this. Dak Prescott, that's one tough dude. Like, that is a brave man. We knew. We knew coming into this what his M.O. was, right? We knew we knew what Dak Prescott was. We knew he was a guy that was going to stay in the pocket to the bitter end, take the shot that was required to deliver the football in the right place at the right time to the right player. We, we knew that about Dak. He has, he has that ability as well as anyone, if not better than anyone in the league at that position. That guy is as tough as they come, tough-minded, I mean. He stays in there. He'll hang in that pocket forever waiting for the right opportunity to arise. He'll take that big hit to deliver the big shot downfield. And I got all the love in the world for Dak Prescott today. I thought he played a miraculous game last night. 400 yards passing, three touches, had the one pick, had uh, several drops from his receivers as well, but a phenomenal game for him. But I just I felt like I, I felt like the, the the game plan was off. I did not like the plan to just let him have design. He had designed runs inside the red zone when the field is is shrunk down and there's an extra linebacker on the field in many cases. Why are you going to put him out there like that? Like, do you is is Zeke not as good as we thought he was? Is is his time over? Are they are they just banking on defenses? not recognizing that Zeke is not in the form that he was four years ago, that we should expect him to, to have a, a huge tail-off season because I, I expected Zeke to have a great season this year. But apparently, they're not going to give him the football. I didn't like the game plan. It worked out because you have a hard-nosed player in Dak Prescott. Let's see how long that lasts. Let's see how long it takes before Dak takes another big shot in a game because they're hanging him out to dry because he'll let them do it. He won't fight back. He'll say, I got this. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver the ball to my teammates. He won't, he won't push back on his coaches like that because he's tough. Also, you got to love uh, the, the, uh, the love that, uh, that Arizona got. Now, 
far be it from Al Michaels, the scummy himself, to even mention the name of the University of Arizona when they were showing that uh, highlight package of Gronk catching the football, breaking the world record from the 600-foot helicopter drop. How dare he even mention University of Arizona? That scummy that he is. (laughs) But that was, dude, that's, that's publicity you cannot buy. There were 17 million eyeballs on that game at the very least last night, and Arizona was a centerpiece for a big highlight package, and Rob Gronkowski was on display with his two touchdowns. They had they set a century mark for the, the hookups between Brady and Gronk, and, uh, and all those things kind of, kind of all came together. You got to love it. Absolutely got to love it. That's just that's publicity you can't buy. Bravo, Jed Fish, for putting that together in the offseason and just squeezing that lemon, just squeezing that lemon, get as much juice as you possibly can out of it. And he did. Props to you, man. That was awesome. All right, Arizona Sports Betting is here, in case you didn't know. And FanDuel Sportsbook is celebrating with 40-to-1 odds on any week one game. you got a short amount of time to get those odds, get those wagers in because you could possibly win $200 on just a $5 bet. No, it's not a Hail Mary. It's real simple math. New customers get 40-to-1 odds when you place your first wager by using the promo code DEAN. If you sign up as a new user with my last name is under the promo code DEAN, D-E-A-N, you could win $200 on just a $5 bet on your week one on your week one wager. That's promo code DEAN, exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Now, you might want to use that on the 49ers to cover the spread against the Detroit Lions. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. They're going to go in there. Dan Campbell's team is going to try to bite their kneecaps. They don't have the horses to catch the 49ers stars in that game. I think the 49ers run away with this one easily on the road in a cupcake matchup, in my opinion. So I love the Niners, minus 7.5. You might want to throw your five uh, shekels on that one and get your 200 bucks, 40-to-1 odds on that, exclusively on the FanDuel Sports Act. Just use my promo code DEAN when you sign up. 21 and over and present in Arizona, New Year's only. $10 first deposit required, must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is $200. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. Coming up next, we'll talk Cardinals football with Tyler Drake of AZ Sports. That's right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson on this football Friday. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk some Cardinal football for week number one of this NFL season. And, of course, joining us from AZ Sports, he is Tyler Drake, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, my man, how are you today? Hey, what's up? It's another uh, another nice day in paradise. Going to get hot today, but we're doing good. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like uh, nothing like record breaking highs to usher in week one of the NFL and uh, <laughs> here in the state, beautiful state of Arizona. But hey, we're used to it, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Tyler, I, you know, let's start with with the starting twenty two. Any surprises coming out of camp with the starting twenty two? I know you were there every single day covering the team, and you got to watch the practices, talk with the players, talk with the coaches. Any real surprises in the starting twenty two? Uh, you know, not really. I think just, I mean, if we want to get into it, the the Jordan Phillips going to the IR is kind of a little bit of a surprise there. Yeah. 
he was obviously going to be a starter, but uh, that that's really about it. That and the the Malcolm Butler situation, but that those two, I mean, obviously are big surprises for everybody who was following following the team. But other than that, I, I didn't see really too many surprises there. I think they they kind of knew who they wanted to be their starters early on, and and they kind of carved their role in quickly. How has the the corner situation filled in? I mean, you know. You mentioned Malcolm Butler, the sudden retirement just kind of came out of nowhere a few days before, uh, you know, before the preseason ended. And now they had to kind of scramble to fill in those those holes. I mean, who are they filling them in with? Well, you know, it's going it, to it, from what Vance Joseph told us yesterday, it's, it sounds like it's Byron Murphy, Robert Alford and Marco Wilson are your three guys that are going to that are going to get most of the reps, uh, most of the starting reps. So. That's, I mean, they're just kind of throwing Marco into the fire right away. Wow. And, and, you know, it, it's obviously a tough situation with when you're putting a rookie in that kind of situation with how Mar- uh, Malcolm Butler's situation ended. I said situation a lot there. But, uh, yeah, you know, throw him in the fire, get him ready. Uh, then they also have Luke Barku, and then they have Tate Allen at their disposal, too, behind those guys. But it sounds like the trio of Murphy, uh, Marco, and Robert Alford are going to be going to be the guys that they're going to throw out there week one. Obviously, they have names of guys on that defense that have created a pass rush in you know in their time in the NFL. There's some great names, of course, with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones being two of the biggest names out there when it comes to playing on the defensive line and, and creating uh, havoc in the backfield. But you know, number one is Chandler Jones motivated to play right now, and how many snaps will we see from J.J. Watt this season? Yeah, you know, I think Chandler Jones is very motivated to play. I think I, I don't think that guy's motor turns off, even if there's the contract uh, rumors dispute, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, he you can tell he's just out there having fun and and really getting after it. And with JJ, you know, he it it sounds like he's gonna take some snaps off just so that they can prolong him where they need him and prolong him throughout the season. So, you know, and it sounds like he, he's okay with it, but obviously, like, when you're in the middle of that battle and he's saying he wants to stay in, that's going to be an interesting yeah. uh, interesting thing for Vance Joseph to kind of figure out there. You know, and J.J.'s going to be a tough guy. As you mentioned, he's going to be a tough guy to negotiate with because a guy that works that hard, you know, I mean, I, you know, I've talked to people in the league, and they're like, you know, J.J. worked himself into those injuries. He didn't, those injuries just didn't happen. Like, the guy just works himself to death. Uh, and, and it's a situation where he's going to want to be on the field. As you mentioned, when there's, when there's live bullets flying, he wants to be on the field. It's going to be tough to take him out, especially it, it's going to be tough on Vance Joseph when you say, like, okay, well, who's backing you up here? And it, it's not exactly a, a laundry list of well-known players lining up behind J.J. Watt to play in that, in that position. No, no, yeah, you're right. But also, uh, you know, J.J. said he, he's comfortable with taking the snaps off because of those guys behind him, like the Zach Allens and the Lecky Bogues. And, you know, they, they went a couple days after the season, went right back to work. And and that that young defensive line group is looking really good and really – I mean, they've impressed me throughout training camp, throughout practice. So I think that's helping J.J. kind of, you know, lay off the gas pedal a little bit because he knows he's got some – some guys that he feels comfortable with stepping in if he has got to come out for a couple plays. Talking with Tyler Drake of AZ Sports, you can follow him on Twitter at tdrake4sports. That's at tdrake4, number four sports. And, 
you know, look, it's it's going to, you know, by the time they kick off on Sunday, it's going to be three weeks since the Cardinals have played a football game because of the Hurricane Ida cancellation against New Orleans. What is what is the feeling from the team? Is it rest? Is it rust? What, what are we kind of expecting out there on Sunday? You know, I think they all sound like they're ready to go. And the biggest thing that stands out to me is, I mean, last year there wasn't really an offseason if, if we want to talk about that. Yeah. So everybody kind of just stepped into week one and just let it fly. I mean, take take Thursday night, for example. That game was incredible for the first game of the year, where last year everybody was kind of like, uh, I don't know about this one. I think they're ready to go. They, they keep saying that they, they're, they're actually happy. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are glad they're going on the road because they feel that that's kind of almost like a team-building thing. It's just going to be them out there, and they're going to be in a hostile environment against a team that, should and probably will make the playoffs again in the Titans. So I think it's uh I, I think they're gonna go out there and just just sling it. I think they're they're chomping at the bit right now. Well let's talk about that. Let's talk about the offense because the offense, let's let's be honest, it looked putrid in the preseason. I mean it looked flat out awful. Is that the same offense the Cardinals are gonna roll out there in week number one? Is that what we can expect from this Cardinals offense? No, 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 no. I preseason, you always got to take preseason with the, with the grain of salt. I think Kingsbury limited the playbook a lot in those in the limited showing they had. So I would assume that that's not going to be the case. They're going to have some, they're going to have an idea. They're going to have some kind of momentum going. I the preseason games, yeah, those are those are pretty rough. I'm not going to lie, but it's also preseason, and and I you know I'm from. From what I've seen, I'm confident they'll go out there and, and they'll look like a cohesive unit. Well, what have you seen? I mean, you've been there at the practices. You've you've seen you know the uh, everything that the that the the fans have not been able to see as the Cardinals have you know have have made their practices or whatever you know limited of availability to the media. Uh, has there really been a, you know a, a, a sign of the of the air raid offense that we thought was coming with Cliff Kingsbury in those practices? So you know, with, with what we get, we get yeah, uh, we get the open portion, which we can't really see a lot of. But from what Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds has kind of been our almost detective behind the lines because he'll come out and say, "Oh yeah, we did the two minute drill, and Kyler tossed this bomb, and they won." So that's what it's been going like. And he said that a couple times now to us. So I mean, that's kind of what we've been taking from it because you know we're off the field, we can't be out there after a certain amount of time. So. We're, we're kind of taking whatever what the players are saying afterwards, and Chase Edmonds has been giving us some good nuggets about you know it, it seems like they're rolling and and I mean you gotta you gotta take into account I mean you got DeAndre Hopkins you got AJ Green you got Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore that's just a, that receiving room is is probably the best that it's been under Cliff Kingsbury and with Kyler Murray. Yeah, without question, it's the best that they've seen. Uh, with this this current iteration of the the staff and and players that they've got, no doubt about that. Now, a lot is being said, as you mentioned. You mentioned rookie Rondell Moore, and I, he got noticed uh, very early in the preseason. He made some big plays. You were talking about him when we talked about you before the preseason even began. That he was going to be a player on this team, uh, as, as surprising to many as that was, and he's going to see plenty of action in the passing game this season. What about the other rookies on this roster? There's other rookies on the defensive side of the ball that you know, won't put up statistics and things like that, but they're going to play. What about some of these other guys? Yeah, I mean, let's uh, – Victor Dimukeji, Dim he's he's a guy that, you know, really was kind of on the bubble, I thought, for the 53-man, and he, he made it over a couple of guys that I figured were going to were gonna jump in there. But, you know, he's 
I'm seeing some growth from him. I'm not sure how much he'll play defensively. He might get some special teams run. Uh, and then you, I mean, then you got the big guys, Avon Collins in the middle. I, you know, he's from all signs, from everybody, what everybody's saying, what, what we're seeing during what we can see out in practice. I mean, he's looking good. He's looking like he's doing what he should be doing. He's, you know, he's picking the brain of Jordan Hicks. You can tell that from, from them stretching. He's talking to him all the time. Uh, and then you got Marco Wilson, who, you know, like I said, is going to get thrown into the fire, but I think that's, he, he dropped in the draft, I felt, because of the whole shoe-throwing incident. Yeah. So I think the, that really helped the Cardinals, if you want to look at it that way. It kind of hurt his draft stock, but it really helped the Cardinals because he, he does look pretty legit for, for, for a rookie. But, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of getting out there and getting your feet wet and seeing if you can really ball with those guys. Yeah, I think you're right. Marco Wilson, you know, in, in my assessment, was a late second, early third round type of, of corner that slipped into the fourth. And like, like you said, it most likely was because of the, the, thro- the shoe-throwing incident that occurred uh, at Florida last year. And when you look at, uh, you know, how they're going to match up, I mean, it, it, is a, it is a tall task against Tennessee. They are loaded on offense. You've obviously got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown at wide out. You've got Brian Tannehill, who's a, a dynamic, not only a dynamic Thor, but can also run. Uh, you know, he's one of the faster guys at uh, the quarterback position. You got the monster, Derrick Henry. I mean, this is a tough offense to contend with. This is a team that's going to be looking for a possible Super Bowl bid this season. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's, it's, and a lot of people are counting the Cardinals out, but I, I, I would. With how bad that Titans defense was last year, yeah. I know they added some pieces this offseason, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if if Kyler threw like three touchdowns. To be honest with you, I think I think it's going to be a very high scoring game, and I think the Cardinals have enough firepower offensively to kind of combat the Titans, but they're going to need a couple stops. They're going to have to limit Derrick Henry early so that they don't get into that play action. They don't get those third and shorts because then they're just playing the Titans game the rest of the day, the rest of the way. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Tennessee, you know, the Titans were almost, you know, they were almost last, I think they were 28th or 29th in the league last year in total defense, uh, 29th in passing yards allowed. And it's not like they really improved a whole lot at the corners. They got Janoris Jenkins and Christian Fulton that are going to be starting for them. Um, we, you know, we got our guy Dane Cruikshank who's going to be uh, playing a lot of nickel and things like that. But it's not like their pass defense strikes fear in the hearts of offenses. So I agree with you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just, I just don't know if, if, <laughs> if what we've seen from the Cardinals' offense is going to change all that much. I mean, you say it will, but, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I just I feel like the proof is in the pudding, and we're going to have to eat a whole lot of pudding on Sunday to kind of see what it tastes like. Well, yeah, 100%. I could say everything under the sun, how how impressed I am with certain parts of their game. But, yeah, if if they can't translate to the Sunday, then obviously there's some bigger issues there. I just think think we can't put a lot of of solace into the preseason games. And, you know, now it counts. Kyler's going to have a difference. He's going to flip the switch. And, you know, I just – I think this offense is going to be a little bit better this year. Uh, Even Cliff, you know, Cliff said – Usually year three for him is when the offense kind of takes that next step. And, and I actually wrote a story on it about how uh, him in Houston and Texas Tech, that's kind of that's what translated, you know, after his third year, or after he was really involved with that offense, you know, it took a big step and, and it showed that, you know, it can work. So it's obviously going to be a magnifying glass this year on the whole team, the whole offense. 
Kingsbury. So, you know, it's just, yeah, you're right. But you got they got to perform on the field before we can anoint them anything. All right, Tyler, we've got about 60 seconds here. I need a prediction from you, man. I, I know that you, uh, you are, you, you've been covering the team. You like what you see out of a lot of them, and I know that you're uh, very optimistic for this Cardinals team, but going on the road against Tennessee is going to be a tough one. But uh, what's your prediction for, for the game on Sunday? Uh, you know, I, I keep going back and forth. I, keep, I, I could see it going from – I could see it being a three-point game to a 17-point game based on what we just talked about that offense because, like you said, you got you got to see it on Sunday. But for me, you know, I think – Oh man, I don't want to sound crazy, but there's a feeling. I think that I think the Cardinals pull it off. To be honest with you, I think that it's going to be close. It might come down to a to a last second field goal, which hey, Matt Prater is a definite upgrade over Zane Gonzalez. So yes. you've got they've got that going for him. So I mean, if it comes down to that, I think they've they've got it. But they've got to figure out how to stop Derrick Henry early. Well, I think Vegas somewhat agrees. You know, I mean, you know, the the, the Titans are the you know the uh, you know proverbial three point favorite at home. So Vegas, I think, is kind of looking at this as like a dead even kind of game. And I do agree with you. I think it's going to be a shootout. So enjoy the uh, enjoy the game on Sunday, man. I know you will. And uh, we'll be talking to you again next week for a little follow up on what you saw and uh, your takeaway from uh, from everything that happened in Nashville on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, sounds great. I'll be here. All right, thank you, Tyler. That's Tyler Drake of AZ Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at tdrake 4 sports covers the Cardinals and uh, is kind of our Cardinals insider here on the Jeff Dean Show as uh, he's getting ready to go into practice. Cardinals have practice in about five minutes, so he's going to be heading off to practice and uh, getting some of that going. And if you want to follow him, he's a good follow if you're a Cardinal fan and need some inside information on some of the things that are going on. As, as he mentioned, you know, he's been talking to Chase Edmonds. He's got, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds has got his ear, and uh, Chase has been kind of his, uh, his spy inside the uh, the locker room so to speak inside the huddle so uh, that's good information to have right there as well tyler always brings it does a great job check him out on uh, on twitter and uh check him you know check out some of his updates during the games and such like that all right we're gonna take a time out when we return we'll continue to talk some more football my football five my premier college go- uh, college game picks coming up next it's the jeff dean show here on espn tucson Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali for the return of Monday Night Football as they broadcast live from Famous Sam's on River and LaTroy this upcoming Monday night. Come on down, watch the show, and then enjoy the game afterward. Because at Famous Sam's at River and LaTroy, they got 42 televisions, over 20 beers on tap. It's a clean, friendly atmosphere to hang out for family, with friends, happy hours from 2 to 6, and Spears and Ali live from 3 to 6. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com and enjoy some college football, or some Monday Night Football, rather. Sorry, I was looking at college football here, talking about pro football, Monday Night Football there. I'm distracted today. It's a football Friday, but let's do it. It's time for the Friday Five. My picks for college football tomorrow in church, in my, my religion of college football, these are going to be my picks. Now, I try to permit, pick the, as many premier games as I possibly can. Interestingly enough, the Pac-12 is involved in several of them. Let's go to pick number one, game number one. It's the number 21 Utah Utes taking on BYU in Provo. It's the Holy War, the big rivalry that is between those two schools. Utah favored by seven in this game, the line has climbed a little bit uh, during the uh, during the week as uh, it was unsure if BYU's top wide receivers are going to play in this game. 
Obviously, heated rivalry games usually yield closer scores. However, those closer scores uh, in this series have been widening over the last few years as Utah has taken what was a a one-point victory just five years ago and expanded those, and they won by 18 points the last time they played. They did not play last year, but in 2019, Utah dominated that game by a score of 30-12, to and I like the Utes in this one to continue that trend. I think that they've, they've widened the gap just enough, and I do think that Utah is one of the best, one of the three best teams in this conference, uh, and I think that that will show out on Saturday. I like Utah 30, BYU 20. So Utah to cover the seven-point spread there. Game number two is a game that I don't know if I would consider it a marquee game, but I had some talking points on it, so we're going to go with it. Stanford going to be heading down to L.A. to take on the Trojans in the Coliseum, number 14-ranked Trojans. USC is a 17-point favorite in this game. Now, this is the 100th all-time meeting of these two schools in football, and this is the largest point spread that we've seen in this series since 2008, which was the year after the what's-your-deal game, right? <laughs> the, when USC was a 41-and-a-half-point favorite at home, Jim Harbaugh and the Cardinal go in there, beat them, and then try to, like, almost tried to run up the score on them, which prompted Pete Carroll to meet Jim Harbaugh at center field saying, what's your deal? And it was, what's your deal? What's your deal? Still one of my favorite interactions with coaches ever. I miss Jimmy. Here <laughs> in the Pac-12, we don't get to see it as much now that he's in the Big Ten, but uh, – that was, uh, that was a fun little get-together. However, uh, look, Stanford showed me very little last week in there, and they did have to travel across you know, to the Midwest to play an early game, 9 o'clock kickoff. That obviously, it, it seemed like it played into effect because Stanford didn't even show up until the fourth quarter when it was their normal time to play football. They don't get that this week, but they got to go into, into the Coliseum to take on USC. USC was impressive in their victory over San Jose State last week. And I like USC to cover by just a hair. They're a 17-point favorite. I like them to win by 18. Give me USC 31, Stanford 13. Now, another Pac-12 team that's going to be in action, this is a highly ranked game. This is a a game that is between two highly ranked teams. It's the number 12 Oregon Ducks head into Columbus in the horseshoe to take on the number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State favored by 14.5 in this game. That line has climbed, I think it was originally 10 or 10-and-a-half, it is kind of, I think it's kind of well-known that Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to play in this game as he's nursing that uh, that ankle sprain that he got in week one. I'd be surprised if he plays, and if he does, I don't think he's going to see a whole lot of real substantial minutes in this game. Now the Ducks traveling to the Midwest for an early kickoff. It's a 9 a.m. kick in Columbus, just like I mentioned with Stanford in Kansas State last week. This is one of those doomsday combinations for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 never plays well when they have to travel to the Midwest or back East and play a 9 a.m. kickoff. It just does not work out well. Look at the history. It has not worked out well for the Pac-12 in almost any of those situations. Not that Ohio State needed any more of an advantage, but they're going to get that one as well, and I think the Buckeyes roll the Ducks in this game. I know a lot of people that are picking the Ducks to cover this game. I don't think there's any chance in hell I think the Buckeyes win this game by three touchdowns. Give me Ohio State 44, Oregon 23. So, uh, yeah, a 21-point blowout win, and I don't even know if it will be that close of a game. I thought Oregon's defense looked awful 
especially against the pass against Fresno State, the the uh, the airways were open <laughs> in Austin last week, and uh, that's bad news if you're going to be playing C.J. Stroud and those two amazing two first round pick wide receivers uh, for Ohio State, and uh, that's just that's that's going to be a problem, major major problem. Another high ranked game going outside the Pac-12. This time, it's the game for the Cyhawk Trophy in Iowa as the number 10 Iowa Hawkeyes head into Ames, which was just recently ranked the number one tailgate in college football. I'll be interested to see and learn more about that. I'll have to talk to my my cousin played football at Iowa Iowa State, so I'll have to ask him about that. But uh, Iowa going on to number nine, Iowa State. Iowa State was underwhelming last week in their victory. Meanwhile, Iowa really tuned up the Hoosiers in their game, a 34-34-3, I think, was the final in that game. Just absolutely smothered a really good Indiana Hoosiers offense last week. And get this, Iowa has now refused to allow an opponent to score over 24 points against them in 23 straight games. Now, I don't like picking rivalry games a whole lot unless I know just kind of who the better team is, like I did in the Utah-BYU game. I don't know who the better team is here. I love Iowa State. They got a great program. I love Matt Campbell, and I think he's doing great things there. They've got some great players. But what they also have is a fantastic defense. So, this is what I'm going to this is what I'm going to lay out there for my pick in this game. Take the under, folks. The over under in this game is 46 and a half, which is low for college football. I don't think that any of that unless a special teams play or a defensive touchdown kind of sends it over. I don't think there's any chance those teams come close to that number. I like Iowa State to win at home 19-17, which would mean that Iowa would would cover the four-and-a-half-point spread. But, folks, my pick here is the under, the under 46-and-a-half. Pick that as your your go-to when you go to FanDuel Sportsbook and uh, take that and run with it. It's a good one. And finally, uh, my Friday Five, a Pac-12 school that was completely underwhelming last week, the Washington Huskies going to the big house to take on Michigan. Michigan is a seven-point favorite in this game. I'm not sure why Michigan isn't ranked. I think they're a top-25 caliber team. They certainly showed it last week when they smoked Western Michigan. Look, Western Michigan has a really good offense, and they're going to score a ton of points this year. Michigan controlled every aspect of that game, and the, the game was not indic- The score was not indicative of how big of a, uh, of, of, a, of a disparity there was between those two teams. Unfortunately for Michigan, they lost their best playmaker in Ronnie Bell to a season-ending knee injury. Meanwhile, the Huskies lost at home to FCS Montana for the first time since before the Great Depression occurred, a team that they had outscored 343-51 to 51 over the last, I think it was the last eight meetings, I think it was, something like that, some ridiculous number. Now, here's the interesting aspect of this game. Jimmy Lake, head coach of the Washington Huskies, okay, been the head coach there for 21 months, has never coached a road game. Yeah, no, it's true. Washington did not play a road game last year, and the last time they played a road game was November 23rd in a loss in Boulder at Colorado. Now, Jimmy Lake takes over. He's the head coach going on the road for the first time in 21 months with this program, and you have to play in the largest stadium in the United States of America? 114,000 screaming Michigan Wolverine fans at the big house. I like Michigan big. Washington didn't show me anything last week other than their inability to move the football. Michigan 30, Washington 14, and that's being kind to the Pac-12. I think it may get a lot uglier than that. 
So there's your Friday Five. I like, let me repeat this again. I like, let me flip over my page here. I like Utah minus seven against BYU. I like USC minus 17 at home against Stanford. I like Ohio State minus 14 and a half at home against Oregon. I like under 46 and a half in the Cyhawk game, Iowa versus Iowa State. And I like Michigan to cover minus seven against Washington. That is your Friday five. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. This is the last time I can tell you to get your FanDuel Sportsbook promo that's going on this weekend for week one of your NFL wagers. You can win $200 on a $5 bet. You can celebrate week one of the NFL and the opening of sports betting here in the state of Arizona with 40 to 1 odds if you just sign up with my promo code, Dean, use my last name, D-E-A-N, and you could win $200 on a $5 bet just by using the promo code Dean. Now, who do you bet? Now, I've been touting the 49ers minus 7.5 at Detroit. If you don't like road favorites by more than a touchdown, I can understand that. If you don't want to take the advice of a 49ers homer, I can understand that. So here's my other pick. I absolutely love the Atlanta Falcons, minus three at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a great play, in my opinion. I think Atlanta's going to score 1,000 points this year, not legitimately. Atlanta's going to score 400-plus points this year. Philadelphia is not going to be very good. I love Atlanta to light up the scoreboard and beat the uh, beat the Eagles by at least three points. So I think that's a great risk-free bet to spend at 40 to 1 odds. Now, go to the uh, go to the app. It's real simple. They make the uh, they make it easy to use. There's a ton of different ways that you can uh, you can play different games on there. Plus when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book because they're always going to be hooking you up with exclusive odds boosts, which I took advantage of last night, great promotions, which I took advantage of last night, and a whole lot more. Remember, sign up with the promo code DEAN, D-E-A-N, and you can win $200 on that $5 bet using my last name for your promo code. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, 21 and over, and present in Arizona. New users only, $10 first deposit required, must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is $200. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Okay, real quick. Cardinals, Titans. Game going to be kicking off at 10 a.m. local time. Tennessee a three-point favorite. A team that won 11 games last year. A defense that gave up thousands of yards. I mean, a lot, a lot of yards, especially in the passing game. Not the kind of matchup you want to see with D-Hop, and A.J. Green coming into town with Kyler Murray scrambling around back there with lots of options for him to throw the football. Rondell Moore in the slot, the young rookie that has been able to get sneaky out there. Christian Kirk with all of his ability in the open field. I still like Tennessee in this football game because they can run the football like nobody's business with Derrick Henry. They're going to start to wear the Cardinals down late in that game. I do believe it's going to be close for a while, and then I think Tennessee will eventually open it up a little bit. Now, the line in that game, as I mentioned, Tennessee is minus three. Uh, they're getting the proverbial three points at home. It tells me that the lines and the odds makers are just kind of like, eh, it could go kind of either way on this. We'll give them the field goal advantage at home. Um, I do like Tennessee to cover that uh, to cover that spread. Now, the over-under in the game is 53. 
if I were you, I'd kind of bet the over. I, I'm liking the over in this game. I think both of these defense are, are, are defenses are ripe for the picking on the outside. I think you're going to see a similar situation to what you saw last night with quarterbacks just airing it out, running uh, wide receivers running free downfield. As long as they can make the connections, those are going to be home runs. There's going to be a lot of big plays and fireworks in this game, and I do like Tennessee to win this football game. Something somewhere around the the, you know, the line of like 37, 31, 37, 30, something like that. But I would definitely look into the over on that game. Uh, 53 points for the over under. That's just not enough. Um, and that being said, of course, they'll probably combine to score 41 points. It'll be the most boring, worst game in the history of the NFL. So there you have it. Uh, some other big games over over the weekend in the in, in the NFL, of course, for week number one. Steelers and Bills is a sneaky good game. Seahawks and Colts has a lot of ramifications. Those teams have questions to be answered. Uh, you know, I think I think that's a that's a big one. You got a big matchup in the AFC East between the Dolphins and the Patriots. Packers and Saints is a big game, and of course. Browns and Chiefs. That's going to be a good one. Looking forward to Browns and Chiefs game, as I mentioned. Over-under in that game is 54 and a half. I do think there will be fireworks in that game. Don't know if I would bet the over in that one. Under may be a nice little uh, choice there in case Kansas City's defense shows up and decides they want to play. And uh, Cleveland's able to get a pass rush on Patrick Mahomes. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up a fast and furious football Friday for us here. Thanks to Tyler Drake of AZ Sports for coming on the show. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for controlling everything and pushing all the writing buttons and keeping us on the air. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. They'll be live at Bear Down Friday at Main Gate Square. I'll be there as well. And we'll see you guys on Saturday at Arizona Stadium. Be loud, be strong, and cheer on your Wildcats. And we'll see you on Monday right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.